Hey everybody, this is Brian, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master and the host of Cannon Fodder. If you want to learn even more about the Fractured Realms and also discover brand new playable content, DM tips and tricks, and interviews with interesting people in the TTRPG community, consider checking out the 20-sided newsletter. It's a free bi-monthly email newsletter that delivers a ton of cool content and keeps you up to date on all the latest projects within the 20-sided podcast universe. To subscribe, you can click on the link below in the show notes or go to 20sidedpodcasts.substack.com. Thanks. Velvet smoothie. Velvet smoothie. Velvet smoothie. Hello and welcome back to the 20-Sided Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Brian Flaherty and I, as ever, am your Dungeon Master. I'm joined today by our three fabulous players. Say hi, everybody. Hello, Hello. everybody. We've got Abby Hepworth. Hello, everybody. (laughs) We've got Shanuk Tessera. Hello, everybody. And we've got Noah Gevstad. Hello, everybody. All right, everybody, on the count of three. <laughs> One, two, three. Hello, everybody. Uh, I really, I really give a lot good. of power to whoever I call on first. I should really... Well, I now really that we've done this track. thing, like, we could diversify, but I don't think we ever will. No, this is just where we're at. <laughs> but really, it's it's the power of whoever I call on first. I keep mixing it up, but I haven't kept track about who I am calling on first every time. Sound off the comments. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's true. Hit us up I in the Discord. first in a while, I think. Well, Schnoop, you're going first. I think I went first last week. You went first last week. I think so. I thought I went first last week. I think Schnoop went first last week. <laughs> I feel like Brian's afraid that he's going to be accused of playing favorites if I go first. <laughs> I, I always just pick someone on the Zoom and then I just go around. Do you pick someone? Because y'all, it, the, your order is always mixed up in the Zoom. Uh, <laughs> y'all, with that. Uh, y- y'all ready to play some D&D? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Last time on Prisoners of the Static. After a night's sleep that threatened two of your members with dreadful nightmares, you were awoken by a massive explosion coming from the village. As you prepared to investigate, Natasha told her first mate Zelda that she wasn't sure this was the kind of mission from which they'd return, lowering Zelda's morale and leading her to question her captain's judgment. Taking care to be stealthy, you made your way into the village, but some bad luck left you exposed in the open when number two and number 10 rounded a corner, talking loudly about the urgent need to find and calibrate anyone out of equilibrium. Most of you were able to hide, but Yaksha, who had disguised himself as another member of the village, was noticed by number two when he was unluckily standing immediately adjacent to the person he disguised himself as. (laughs) With a flash, number two clicked his pocket watch, froze the village, and summoned three tracker orbs to seize Yaksha, who as the pocket watch was clicked, began emanating a black glow around him. You all fought a pitched battle with Natasha Gilly and Yaksha taking on the orbs and Sieni and Don Taraxa confronting number two. You were able to dispatch with two of the orbs pretty quickly and Natasha grappled the badly injured number two who was able to dismiss the third. He seemed ready to parlay and make a deal, but Don Taraxa took his opening to slay the dwarvish man 
who had imprisoned his master, and in the process, excised the pocket watch from his body. The arcane watch flew into the air, the chain writhing with purpose, and then flew directly into Don Taraxa, attaching itself to his body, causing him to spasm before falling under its thrall. He leveled his jewel-encrusted rapier at Natasha and hissed, The deal has changed. On God! We are going to begin right back up in initiative order. Oh, God. What the uh, fuck? Chaos. You look over and see Don Traxa, rapier leveled at Natasha, preparing for a duel. I cast uh, blindness on uh, Don Traxa. Ooh, Okay. It will be a constitution saving throw of 16. Okay, his constitution is not great. He's got plus four. That is a natural 17. So he succeeds as you attempt to cast this spell. You see he looks over and kind of like dodges the the bolt of energy that's going towards him. Goes, you fight without honor. Come here. Oh, grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Grow up, you dumb little flower. He salutes a bit with his rave. He goes, I am a fully grown flower. Capable of taking on many lovers and of dispatching with anyone in front of me. <laughs> Sorry, I got you were saying so many words that I got tired and uh, <laughs> bored. Also, there's no such thing as disappearing ink that it, or, or ink that comes back. It's gone forever. Sleepy ink. There's no such thing. What? Sleepy ink. Well, yeah, we came up with sleepy ink. It's gone forever. What do you buddy. mean? Yeah, the way we lied to you. Because we thought you were nice and we wanted to protect your feelings, but now if you're raising your sword, I don't give a heck about you. You have feelings. proven yourself a scoundrel. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> left, right, and center, buddy. You don't know the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> you do not understand the types of dealings you are meddling with. Your friend needs to come with me immediately. Surrender yourselves to my custody. I do. I do. Uh, oh, Don. Wait. Oh shit. I did forget something. We forgot to tell you about uh, uh, Mirin. What is that? And I go into my coat pocket and pull out a middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) He he looks at you, uh, his eyes narrow. (laughs) You I will dispatch with last, mostly because that was good. That was good. (laughs) Game respect game. Game respect game. Game respect game. (laughs) Yeah, keep taunting him. Uh, (laughs) Boo. Yaksha, you you looked down. I believe you were still on top of the house. I, I I jumped down and I was like in the alleyway between the the wall of fire and the orb, but the orb is gone now. So. Oh yes, wall of fire is still there, uh, with not much to do at the moment. Uh, the orb is currently gone. You look and you see off in the distance Natasha, essentially standing betwixt you and Don Taraxa, and he kind of glances around her thick, meaty body, her hair. <laughs> <laughs> her, 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 her beefy body, her so hair on end. <laughs> His eyes are trained on you, and as you kind of look at him, you see those dark wisps are still rising like steam from your skin. Hey, hey, Don, do you know about the uh, the dread in me? Is that something you know now? Because you have the clock, the stopwatch, the watch. You need not call me Don Draxa. You may call me number two. God. Damn it. So you do know. Do I have to get... Can you explain what's happening to me? (laughs) You have fallen far out of equilibrium. We need to get you calibrated. Otherwise, you pose a great danger 
to this place and to the outside world. Do you not see what has happened? And he points back to the like still rising black smoke of the bottling factory where like you, you can kind of see off in the distance like it is beginning to diminish, but clearly there was some kind of like large explosion at that at that factory. Do you want to just sit down and talk about this instead of fighting? What what deal? What deal was off, by the way? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, that was specifically um, the, the previous number two who is on the ground unconscious oh. was like, yeah, deal. We can talk. You get the sense that the former number two was a bit more cowardly. So like was injured and was getting taken over by uh, was getting grappled by Natasha was like, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. Don Traxa very much not a cowardly or easily walked over person. You know what, man? Fuck off. I'm going to cast uh, Conjure Animals and uh, bring back uh, Sven and Gordon. Yay! You you cast (laughs) Conjure Animals appearing near you. (laughs) Hi, Yaksha. Hey there, little guys. And I turn to, uh, as, as I summon him, I, I, I look at, um, I, I say to Don Taraxa, uh, say hello to my little bears. And then uh, I pet I pet these two. Do they attack? Oh. They don't attack in my turn, right? They're, they have their own initiative order or whatever. They'll roll their own initiative. <laughs> Amazing. And then I, I you know, I, I pet my little, my, little, my little friends and like, hey guys, that sunflower, real piece of shit. He's trying to fuck my mom. We're going to fuck him up, all right? Don't you want your mom to experience the physical sensation of pleasure? Then don't. Not you guys too. Why would you know? I'm sorry. Did I misread the room? (laughs) (laughs) I only just got here. My bad. Bye, bad. (laughs) Come on, Gordon. What are you doing? Sorry, Sven. <laughs> oh, guys. Let's just, let's just get rid of this sunflower and we can talk about it at home, all right? They, they kind of snuggle up next to you. You like kind of pet both of them with your hands. They're, they're apologetic. They didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll cast Hunter's Mark with my bonus action and call it a day. You, Mark, Don Taraxa, uh, Natasha, it is you. Um, am I still in a rage? Yes, you are still in a rage. Okay, cool, cool. I'm so mad at Don Taraxa. Uh, go and roll an insight check for me. Ten. When the pocket watch attached to him, you saw him spasm and writhe as this thing like attached or like sunk its teeth into him essentially. Mm-hmm. While this sounds like Don Taraxa, you're not sure how much of Don Taraxa is currently mm-hmm. leading this body. Mm-hmm. Natasha would like to... Tell me if you will let me do this. I want to do two attack. I want to use my sickle to try to cut the chain. And then I want to use my hammer to smash the watch. Like I want to attack the pocket watch, not Dontraxa. Uh, go and roll an arcana check for me. A 19. You attempting to excise this thing from Don Taraxa, absolutely possible. Uh, you trying to break a magic item with a mundane weapon, nigh impossible. Mm. You, But you could, excising this thing from him, you could totally do. I know, but then I think it'll come for me. <laughs> just have a rotating circle of who's number two. This is a thing that could definitely be broken. It just would not be that fragile. Right. All right, I'm just going to then use my 
Warhammer double-handed with the intention of trying to knock out Don Taraxa. That's a nat 20. Ooh, and he's yeah. got so many things he can do. Uh, ooh. Yeah, that hits. Oh, man. Okay, so is that brutal cr- critical? It's a brutal critical. So rather than Whoa. rolling two of your damage die, you roll three. Okay. And then double that total, and then add your rage and add your damage modifier. Okay, so it's... Damn. 3d10. That's two. That's fucking bullshit. (laughs) That is 21. You pull back on your Warhammer two-handed. Don tracks with his rapier leveled at your neck. You swing, bang, land directly in him. He blocks it with the rapier, but it physically is forced back into him. You see him get knocked back like a foot or two. You don't understand the forces you are messing with. Your friend needs to come with me. Not only our lives are in danger, but the entirety of the world out there. You don't know with the forces you are messing with. (laughs) Do I trust this sunflower? The second time I've said that sentence this week. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha is in rage. She is furious that that her plan was foiled by... So she's mad at Dantaraxa because he is being idiot and also because he was being idiot. Uh, so she, she's just trying to knock him out again. So now we're taking my it. second attack. Yeah, eleven. Uh, eleven misses. You swing wildly, and you and he ducks underneath the warhammer. It is the former number two's turn. He's on the ground. He's bleeding out. He's going to make a death saving throw. Uh, one success. Is he like conscious at all? He is unconscious and bleeding out. Okay, cool. The trackers currently aren't here. They were dismissed and they've not been called back. Uh, Yaksha, it is Sven and Gordon's turn. My boys. <laughs> I, I, I tell my little guys to, to go, go get them. Go, go, go fuck them up. <laughs> go, go, go boys, go. I guess it's vegetarian night. Because <laughs> he's a plant. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and make some attacks for Sven and Gordon. Cool, cool, cool. They have two attacks, uh, one bite and one claw attack. Here is I'll roll Sven's attacks first. Thirteen. Uh, Thirteen misses. Attack. Okay. A beefy uh, sunflower. That's a fourteen with the claws. Uh, that misses. Okay. This is this Good is job. less about him being beefy. This is about him being incredibly agile. Yeah. Like how did this sunflower and I yeah, have the you, same you, you, see, you see these paws like going to hit him, and almost because he's so light, the air force uh, is like naturally moving him out of the way. This is like a perfect dexterity-based warrior. Mm-hmm. Okay, here comes Gordon. That was a little distraction. And now Gordon with his bite and claw packs. Okay, 13 misses uh with the bite, and then claws does a 17 hit. Gordon comes down with a perfect, like he missed with the bite, immediately goes down with a perfectly placed uh, claw attack, attempts to scrape Don Traxa. Don Traxa, with his rapier, <laughs> parries the blow, causing it to miss. Don't worry, guys. We'll get him next time. It's good. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it is Gilly's turn. Hey, boss, what, what are we doing here? We, we taking this guy out? Because I got to be honest, Natasha, uh, Yaksha is looking pretty fucking weird. And you look over at Yaksha and there is this black steam coming off of him. It almost looks like a shadow radiating off of him. What the fuck is wrong with me? Uh-huh. It's funny because it's like, 
Abby's like, let's all calm down. We'll go with him. We'll get answers, whatever. But Natasha simply would not do that. So she looks at Gilly and says, yes, we're going to knock him out because he is being stupid. (laughs) I do not believe I'm being stupid. I think I'm being smart. I'm a smart guy. I what I want to say is Natasha backhand slaps him, but I know you won't let me do that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go to backhand. There doesn't need to be ducks. any damage. She just <laughs> takes a swing. Uh, you, you hit some of the pedals and they just kind of riffle in the, ble- in the breeze and it ends up making him look kind of cool. <sighs> Bastard. Uh, she goes, all right. Uh, she casts Misty Step on herself, jumps down to where he is and makes two dagger attacks. Go, Gilly, go. Uh, first one is a miss. Second one, ooh, 17 plus four is 21. He is going to attempt to parry. And just so anyone who's listening knows, he has a trait called reactive. He gets a reaction every turn in combat. Not every one of his turn, every turn. He attempts to parry, uh, is unable to do so. It still beats his armor class, so she is going to hit. She's going to do 17 points of damage. Go, Gilly. Uh, as she whiffs with one, and then as she like faints with the first one, the second one stabs into his very thin uh, sunflower body. Uh, he looks at Natasha and goes, You do not fight with honor. This is a duel between you and I. What is it that I do? You are the captain, no? Da. You are in charge of your crew. Da. Your crew needs to come with me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks to Natasha, puts his, his sword to the side. He goes, I need your crew at equilibrium to protect my people. I understand you are trying to protect yours. You don't understand that you are not doing so with your actions. I ask you to lay down your arms Surrender yourself to my custody. Or, if you would prefer to do this the hard way, to do it with honor, you and I, in a duel, winner, chooses the fate of your crew. How say you? If we go with you, you will answer all of our questions. Yes? I will answer your questions. All of our questions. I will answer... All of your questions that I am allowed to. I, too, serve a master. Can Natasha, like, glance to Yaksha and Sieni in an attempt to kind of read what they want to do in this situation? Like, I don't actually want her to defer to them or ask anything, but I want to see if she can read on their faces... She is differing. Like, she's trying to get the group. She's trying to table talk. Get the uh, group opinion. <laughs> Yaksha and uh, Sieni, both of you roll a a straight charisma check. Okay. Just d20 plus your charisma modifier. If you get above a 15, I will let you, in one word, communicate to Abby what your character <laughs> is feeling. Otherwise, she gains nothing. I got a 12. Okay. Oh, man, I got a 14. (laughs) Oh, no. You look at them. Both of them are still like ready in a combative mode. Their faces flick to you, but there is a mix of adrenaline kind of distorting their features. And in Yaksha particularly, there's this black steam that is rising off of him that 
is physically distorting his features. This is a decision that a captain must make. I think, I think I, I think I have to cave to my curiosity, despite the fact that it doesn't usually bode well for cats, but. (laughs) 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 Natasha. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we're not really accounting for the Murphy's Law Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that cats inherently possess. Yes. Uh, I think Natasha sort of instead of being in a fighting stance, sort of stands up and, and sort of rights herself. And she puts, she like has, uh, or I guess right now she just has her war hammer in both hands and she's going to like lower it, not drop it, but lower it and sort of gesture, I guess, towards town hall. Don with a flourish, uh, whips his rapier to the side, sheathes it after you. Natasha loves being a leader, but she fucking hates that. She does, man, because I don't want to come out of her range. I guess Natasha does. She's going to stride, though. Like, she's not waiting for the sunflower to not keep pace with her. She's taking full, large tabaxi snow leopard steps towards Sure. Don Don (laughs) Drexel literally has to, like, sprint to keep up with you. (laughs) He looks back, clicks the pocket watch, and the village comes back to life. You see uh, number 10 comes back, goes, huh, number two, and sees number two on the ground, rushes over to him, makes a little investigation check, uh, does not notice that he's missing the pocket watch. Uh, he's going to try to stabilize him. Uh, rolled a nat one. Uh, <laughs> she, she deals the killing blow. <laughs> uh, she's, he automatically fails, fails a death saving throw. Oh um, no! Do you guys go over and stabilize him or are you just leaving him to his own devices. And Natasha, I think before turning around, kind of clocked, made eye contact with everybody as a like, now let's just fucking go. Uh, But she's not paying any attention to the old number two. Okay. You guys start uh, striding off. Uh, It takes a moment. I'll I'll go over there really quick and do an untrained medicine check. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and roll a uh, a medicine check. Nope. That's an eight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you, You stride over. As you go to make a medicine check, you kind of push aside some of the, like the jacket that he was wearing, and it reveals the stab wound in his abdomen where the pocket watch was like attached to. Number 10 looks and goes, where's number two? The sunflower's number two. She <laughs> looks around, at, sees Don Tarax off in this and goes, what? number two, number two, and runs <laughs> off after him. Uh... Uh, he makes another death saving throw, succeeds. Uh, if you want to make another untrained medicine check, you can. I just want to see who the hell this guy is. I know, I want to get him up. That's a nat 20. <gasps> uh, you uh. push your hand into his wound, uh, grab like a bandage. Like you, you're, you're the goddamn ranger general. You know how to do <laughs> field medicine. You pull out of like some almost unseen pocket that is just second nature to you. Uh, your hand reaches back, grabs uh, a plaster, a bandage, slams it on his side. You take some smelling salts, wake him up, you know, snap. Oh, oh, oh fuck, ah, fuck. Oh, oh, oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my, my ears popped. Oh, oh. He looks down. He said, the fuck happened? Uh, it's a long st- What do you remember? 
<laughs> uh, you see Natasha and everybody else is off in the distance. Uh, are you are you staying with this guy? Or are you following that? Uh, uh, I, I I grab him. I'm, I grab him and I force him to come come with me as uh, I walk towards the city hall. Yeah, go ahead and make a persuasion check with advantage. This guy is okay. very delirious. Uh, ooh, that's a fifteen. You you pick him up and he's just like, uh, uh yeah, okay, yeah, sure, uh, yeah. And you pick him up and he's kind of leaning on you a bit. And he's also tiny, so you're like, you know, I mean, he's a dwarf. You're dragonborn, so you're kind of like holding him almost like under the armpits, as if like a child taking early steps, <laughs> just like because <laughs> you have no other way to support this person. Number ten uh, catches up with Don Taraxa, number two, and kind of lockstep beside him with her her clipboard of activities uh, n- number two would you like me to go over the uh, tomorrow's festivities and he looks we will deal with this later please i trust you to take care of this for me okay let me know if you need anything i'll, I'll be around and takes off she goes off uh, kind of splits off as you guys get near the town hall she splits off to where these large balloon columns are being uh, erected and you see there's a, a band practicing in the corner wearing these brightly colored striped uniforms uh these like big tall crazy looking hats everything is blue orange yellow pink green there is a carnival being set up a carnival a festival everything looks exciting there are a bunch of stands and stalls with food and uh little games and things uh there's the the carousel which was covered in this kind of like beige brown tarp is now covered in something much more ceremonial it's clearly meant to be like unveiled you see essentially like the like 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 a velvet curtain type thing in front of it and it says you know you know grand opening and there's a sign being erected like you know some guy some two guys are next to it you know pulling like a winch uh, <laughs> pull it, pulling pulling uh, some rope on a pulley that's like bringing up this sign that says grand opening <laughs> You guys stride past all of that and into a vaguely familiar area of Town Hall. Hmm. You guys stride into Town Hall, and whereas before you were taken on some kind of like side routes to go see number 25, this time you are taken straight back through two large double doors, and as you go in, you see a large, sparse room. It is mostly white and it's kind of this like circular room. And there is essentially a platform, like a circular platform in the center with a bridge going up to this platform where there is a large like egg chair, you know, like in Men in Black. (laughs) You mean like the type only villains have? Yeah, the type only villains have. Um, And, you know, the Men in Black had them. They were they were good guys. (laughs) Remember there was the scene where Will Smith was trying to write in the egg chair and he couldn't do it. And then he pulled over the table. Lots of people have egg chairs is my point. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying that Will Smith is in that chair. Will Smith uh, does turn around and goes, hey, (laughs) check out Bel Air. It's not going to be as good as Fresh Prince. (laughs) You see this area and he walks forward and sits down in one of these chairs. And as he sits down, a bunch of screens around the outside of this room come up showing a ton of different zoom, 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 views from all around the village. He sits down, presses a few buttons on the console, and out of the ground, like little panels slide away, and four chairs 
rise up out of the floor. He sits down uh, in this chair that is way oversized for him. This was meant for like a human and he's now sitting, his legs are kind of dangling. Please have a seat. You have some questions and I intend to answer what I can. I put the old number two in Gilly on Sven and Gordon to sit on them. Uh, hell yeah, Sven and Gordon still chilling here. They walk in. The old number two uh, is just kind of like riding Sven. It's just like, this is nuts. Okay. Is this a dream? <laughs> is this, this is a cool dream. I mean, we watched, I was on a bear. We walked past a circus. It felt like we should have veered into the circus if it was a dream. You know what I mean? But maybe <laughs> this is actually the dream route because it's more absurd than going to the circus on the bear. I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, they sit down, they kind of go in the back. Number two, Don Taraxa over on the console on his chair. And Yaksha, next to you, a small side table rises with a vial of uh, liquid. I'm the only one that has to drink this. Everyone else appears to be properly calibrated. You, my friend, have lost your equilibrium. I, I feel like I was the only one that told the truth when we drank this thing, but okay. It is not it is not about whether or not you tell the truth, though that probably helps. Let me ask you this. Have you been experiencing nightmares? Yeah. One. Once. <laughs> that is uh, a symptom. Did you maybe in the near past experience a jolt of fright, a jolt of fear, a sense of dread deep in your gut? Yeah, yeah. We yes. This place is spooky. What do you <laughs> <laughs> Then like it or not, on purpose or on accident, you have invited dread into the village. Okay, I have one question. If what if somebody who isn't here is also having these symptoms and he doesn't take it? Theoretically. Go ahead and roll a deception check to try to maintain the ruse that this is just a hypothetical. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to roll an insight check for Don Tarax. If one, two were potentially. <laughs> it's just oh, a logic no. you gotta, you gotta beat, That's you a beat. six. Oh, oh yeah, no. Nope, you did not beat that. You ask this and he looks and goes, is there another member of your party who you believe is thusly afflicted? No. No. Uh, can no. all of you roll uh, an <laughs> insight check for me? Yeah, so he has no memory of around a 19. He doesn't appear 24. to have any memory of like meeting. Uh, yeah, both of you have this realization that as he asks, he made, you know, Don Taraxa, when he was with you guys, was kind of in and out. He was sleeping a lot, but he was there when you guys were discussing, when you were discussing Boris, that he asked this question gives you a stronger inclination that Don Taraxa is less here than maybe you'd even thought. Mm -hmm. I'll say Yaksha with a 24. You immediately clock this. You get the sense that whatever entity is currently speaking to you does not have access to Don Taraxa's memories. You do not, you, you get the sense it does not have access to Don Taraxa's memories. It does seem to have access to his personality. Like the personality has not changed in the same way that the previous number two is still acting the same. You think that this thing kind of just takes over, but allows those personalities to maintain, allows those ability sets to be retained. You are not sure if that is 
always the case. If whatever entity is currently possessing Dontraxa can attempt to retrieve these memories or attempt to exert itself in a more full way. So while it does not currently have access to these memories, there is a chance, I mean, you really don't know, that it could. Now, with a 24 insight, that's the second thing your brain goes to. Okay. Tell me. And he looks to Natasha now. He goes, we had uh, a deal, which I'm afraid neither of us were quite... Neither of us quite understood the full the fullness of our bargain. I need to calibrate your crew. It seems we are both under false assumptions over who needed to be calibrated. You say someone in your crew is also experiencing nightmares. Thais, Yaksha. Infinity. Go ahead and roll a deception check uh, with disadvantage because... <laughs> oh, good. Because Yaksha already already kind of gave up the ghost on this one. And I have a negative two. <laughs> two nat 20s. Uh, the first one wasn't. <laughs> oh, man. The lower was a three. <laughs> <laughs> he sees the look in your eye that you are currently thinking of someone else. I am dealing with the captain of this crew. Yes? Uh. I am led to believe that you are an honorable captain. Yes? This is correct. I understand the desire to protect your crew, to protect one of your own. However, you seek information. I am willing to give as per our bargain. I am an honorable man. Will you grant me the same courtesy? Or would you prefer to do this by the sword? We will, the, we will take other member of crew here to be calibrated, but they are not here now, and we need answer to question now. There is explosion. You answer questions, and we deal with this after. You have my word as honorable captain. And I'd like to try to intimidate with those last words. You know from your previous encounter with him, intimidating him, will be a much harder check than trying to persuade him. Oh, that's right. You did tell me this. Then, uh, yeah, can I just do a, a um, pers- Jesus, persuasion ain't great either, but uh, she, Natasha means it because she, like if this is going to help Boris not have scary nightmares, she really does want to like fix him. She's just kind of like, we're on a time crunch. I'm not going to lead you back to the boat, get him, bring him back here. Like, it's just. Uh, <laughs> you have, though it was very quick and you quickly mentioned it, you lied to him once. I do want that persuasion check. Mm-hmm. It'll be a low DC. But I'm rolling with disadvantage. You'll roll straight. Okay. I'll say uh, you want, if you roll above a 15, everything's groovy. Rolling between a 10 and a 15, there might be some complications, but it'll still be a success. So all you need to do is beat a 10. Cool. Um, I again have minus two because Natasha's not the most charismatic. Oh, I rolled a 14, so a 12. So I did beat a 10. You beat a 10. I can math. Beat a 10. <laughs> he looks at you. I am bound as a gentleman to take you at your word. However... I'm also bound as a leader to exact a price, should you not. Are we negotiating now? You want gold? He 
clicks the pocket watch, one of the orbs appears. I will fetch your other crewmate. With that? No. No. <laughs> I promise there will be no harm to your crew. This is not how these things work. They do harm. Uh, he sticks his hand inside, pulls it back out. Everything's fine. What? Your hand's made a plant. No, but it killed the uh, carrots, remember? They're also <laughs> made of plant. <laughs> <laughs> these orbs have the ability to do great harm. However, they also have the ability to transport. Oh, like boats. Yes. <laughs> like kind of like boats, because boats oh, can sink. Man. I get what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> boats, you could like crash a boat. Well, we need. Uh, we need someone to watch our ship. Uh, you do have Zelda there. I was gonna say a part of me is like, there's a fifty-fifty chance that Zelda. Well, actually, Zelda full-on will attack this thing. There's a chance that yeah. she and Boris will k- kill it. <laughs> If they can, should we, um, should we send Gilly back with with the orb? If this is how it's gonna go down, I don't think she's with the orb. I think she could just go by herself if we wanted to send her. If you would like to fetch your crew member yourself or send one of your allies, you are more than welcome. But we will wait to complete this parlay. Sven, Gordon, go fetch, go fetch Boris on the ship. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, We're also gonna see them? friend Boris. <laughs> I, we like friend Boris. <laughs> yes, Boris will like this. This is no. She doesn't name drop him. She just sort of is like, yeah, that sounds good. She's still not saying who's who. I guess you said go fetch Boris. Never mind. The jig's up. <laughs> <laughs> tell Boris that Yaksha loves him and he's sorry, and tell Zelda you're probably not gonna fuck the sunflower anymore. <laughs> well, we we can't actually speak. We're just speaking in bear, just to you. Oh no! Okay, <laughs> wait. We'll uh, tell CNA, do you have, Can you write for us a note? Bye. Sven, go and wait. Oh, I'm just kidding. We'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a little bear joke. Gordon, read the room. <laughs> so stressed. Sienny, can you write Boris a note and give it to Sven and Gordon while I cry in the corner? With <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I take out my parchment and scratch away. You, Boris. you write a note, uh, give it to Sven. Sven eats it. Okay. Just regurgitate that. Oh, <laughs> he no, it back not up. right now. When you get to the boat, <laughs> uh, you see uh, n- number two in his chair is just kind of. This is very funny. This is. <laughs> I know this is a tense situation, but this is very funny. <laughs> I tie. I make a little necklace and tie it around Sven's. Uh, uh, you, you tie a necklace around Sven's bare neck. Uh, they run off through the village uh can we turn to the old the former number two and be like hey uh who are you oh the former number two uh, i guess yeah. he was on one of the bears the bears like buck him off uh, <laughs> uh he's just kind of sitting there looking around he's got a very dazed look in his face i'm Ooh. I like crosswords. I play chess. 
I swim the breaststroke, but not freestyle. Interesting. This what? is a nightmare. <laughs> no, why, why, why not freestyle? <laughs> I don't know. It just, I, I always liked the breast. It you just can, felt, I, I was com- better at it. it you competitively, know. you're swimming just breast? No, just laps, you know, for, for my health. You know, doors, we, we can get neck. really like stocky uh, if, we're, if we're not careful. I like to keep it a bit lean. Uh, and you see, he's got a nice, I mean, nice belly swim, gut. Swimming's low, swimming's low impact. It's a perfect sword. It's a perfect exactly. sport. Exactly. I, and I got, I got a knee thing. Impact. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that well into your hundreds. Yes, this is very interesting. <laughs> Don't Why was there an explosion in the factory? <laughs> <laughs> well, before they answer, I hand a pamphlet on like <laughs> to stroke techniques. <laughs> I had... I hand Yaksha one too. <laughs> I, I, I want to know is this something that Sieni wrote? It, I, there, I, I, I did the forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's like special thanks. Sieni signed. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, signed like, the forward? Why did you do this? <laughs> you know, I, I, I liked what the guy was doing. I wrote him a little. It's, it's a nice book. A I, gave, I gave a blurb in the back too. <laughs> <laughs> different strokes for different folks more like all strokes for all folks the forward and a blurb this guy was really <laughs> reaching for people oh, uh, you, you oh, hand man. it to uh, the forward number two he seems to be like very much coming out of a like stunned thing he's like bits of his personality are kind of coming back into focus so you're saying he's coming out of his cage and he's doing just fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta gotta be down. Still can I can I say uh uh hey I by the way you're part of our crew now because uh I'm a pirate and I saved your life so now you're beholden to me and you're part of my crew. Started out with a kiss, how did it end up like this? <laughs> <laughs> it was only a it was only a kiss. <laughs> It was only a kiss. Okay. All right. Now I'm falling asleep. <laughs> he, he, he takes a nap on the floor. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> I can't you just did that. I hate Mr. Brightside so much. Uh, it's about now Sven and Gordon come back in with Boris on their backs. Boris kind of lands. And Natasha, you see he still has his very sunken eyes. But is there a spark of joy because he's riding on the backs of Sven and Gordon? Oh yeah, he is uh, very <laughs> excited. He's having a he's having a ball. Uh, all picturing of that- a, snow, a full snow leopard riding on the back of a bear. Yeah, it's a crazy picture. There's a second bear that's kind of like batting the the butt of the first bear, like you know, kind of, kind of like playing like two cats. All of that joy disappears when he enters this like sterile white room with surveillance monitors and Don Taraxa number two sitting in this uh, like evil henchman's chair. Uh, Natasha, what what's going on? I thought you wanted me to stay with the boat. Boris, I did. Don Taraxa is not being Don Taraxa. I think he is possessed and now he's going to. I am not the one possessed. He clicks the Yes, this is sure. Whatever. Boris, you're going to have to. Take a drink, but it tastes fine, and I promise you it will do good things, and then we can get answers, and we can beat the crap out of him, and then we could go do what we need to do. Don Taraxa, number two, clicks the pocket watch, and 
You guys feel that familiar ripple as the village stops. You hear the sound, the uh, sound of the band tuning off in the distance. Those quiet in the distance suddenly ceases, birds cease, and you see on both Yaksha and on Boris this black, wispy smoke emanating from them. Before I drink this, why, why is it that we don't stop when you click that, but everyone else does? You have not been completely indoctrinated into this village, into the static. You still possess some tethers to the material plane. Once that is gone, you will be part of the village and you respond to it as the rest of the village does. Why is the dread so dangerous to village and also to world? We had an agreement. I will answer your questions. This is question! Once your crew is calibrated. This guy. I drink it. You pop it back. You feel that familiar rush of joy that pulses through. It feels incredibly nice and free and happy. And you feel those small tendrils that you'd almost forgotten about in the back of your mind shrivel up and die. Boris looks at Yaksha. Uh, Yaksha, what, what is this? I don't know, man. You just got to drink it. <laughs> it takes away the nightmares. Natasha, is this okay? Yes, Boris. This is okay. He shakily grabs one of these like shot glasses and like, sips it and then shoots it back. You see his eyes kind of roll back as he has this like moment of like joyous bliss. You see the bags under his eyes quickly disappear. You see his entire face that was tense all of a sudden kind of mellows out a bit. As this does, however, number two kind of narrows his eyes at Boris. And as you see, as Yaksha takes the shot, uh, the tendrils are completely gone. These um, wisps of black smoke quickly dissipate and kind of float off into the ether. Uh, When Boris takes the shot, they diminish, but they are not entirely gone. He looks at Boris. He clicks another couple of buttons. He goes, interesting. Was worse than I thought. And another vial comes up. And he kind of like motions for Boris. Boris picks up the second vial and shoots it back. And you see him just kind of go, oh, oh, man. Uh, And finally, those wisps go away. Oh, my God. I've Natasha, I feel like a lot better. This is good, Boris. I'm glad to hear it. I mean, what was that? That was something that they brew here in the f- that explosion. It was the factory where they make this stuff. Gilly would really like this stuff. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yes, she does. Yes. G- Gilly kind of looks <laughs> and goes, oh, uh, can, I, can I get some? Can I do that? Gilly, now is not <laughs> no. the time. <laughs> so, I, you know, a lot of people are misreading the room today. This is this is mine for the day. That's, Don't uh, be a know. Gordon, Gilly. <laughs> Hey, I mean, if only I could be a Gordon. <laughs> you just hear Sven in the background go, Oh, <laughs> oh Sven, oh, no, you're cool too. Don't let them do that to you. <laughs> Don Traxa turns to Natasha and goes, I thank you. Now, we may complete our bargain. What do you want to know? 
What caused the explosion? And why was the dread dangerous for both the village and for world? The explosion was simply an imbalance. It is uh, true of any battery, any kind of storage of energy. If the equilibrium is out of balance, you can create energy, but also that could turn into an explosive amount of energy. Is this to say that factory is producing energy or this could have happened anywhere in village? The factory is producing the, uh, the static soda, which is the distillation of the emotions of the material plane. We use this to maintain a balance. That balance can be affected outside of the village, but it can be affected especially within the village. Why is this so dangerous in village and outside? You saw the damage that could be done with just one or two people out of balance. What does this have to do with outside of static? I have a question for you. Why did you come here? You had a very fine ship from what I understand. Uh. You said it was, and you see his eyes kind of like flicker a little bit. The best on the sea. This is correct. Then you should have been able to avoid a large gap of fog. We purposely came into fog. You think I don't know how to drive a ship? (laughs) I think you're very aware of how to drive a ship. Therefore, I ask again. We came here looking for something. You came here looking for someone, no? No. You are... uh, Looking for Mirren. Mirren Maker, yes. And I know that you know where he is. And I know, and he, you see his eyes kind of flicker again, that you also know where he is. Da. What I know is that he must remain there. Why? Because he has a danger. Why? Because he is reckless and curious. You are not answering questions in a way that makes sense. You are not holding up your end of deal. I suppose there is no harm in it since you won't be going anywhere. He attempted to remove part of the static, part of the village, from the village. Take it out of the static, remove it from the weave. This has disastrous effects. There is an event you may be familiar with. Have you heard of... The cacophony. Uh, would, what? Would Natasha have heard of the cacophony? <laughs> uh, all of you can roll a history check. Abby knows what the cacophony is. <laughs> oh, seriously? You said investigation? No, oh, you said history. History. This is a very low DC. This is pretty ubiquitous information. Uh, 17. 12. 5. Sianni's studying other parts of history. Yeah, I'm off. I feel like Natasha probably has a maybe Yaksha too, like a, a storybook, like a book you would have read to kids about like history version, you know, yeah. or whatever. Like, that's why I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Sianni, you, you essentially read the like the kids I survived version of this to- story. Um, but Yaksha and Natasha, you are very aware of the history of this. Hundreds of years ago, there was a place called the High Auditorium of Syrah. Uh, This was high in the mountains. It was a Library of Alexandria-like structure, a massive library that specifically collected samples of audio. It 
stored them in these small crystalline gems. It kept samples of languages dating back hundreds of years, uh, lost languages, current languages. There was spoken histories. There was spoken stories. There was just samples of voices and samples of different bird sounds and animal sounds, some of which have become extinct over many thousands of years. This was a a true place of like learning and a massive structure of knowledge. The cacophony was a cataclysmic event that happened probably like 700, a little more than 700 years ago. And it was originally, it was uh, claimed to be like a freak weather event, but some kind of weather event or earthquake or storm happened that destroyed the high auditorium of Syra. And when it was destroyed, it essentially collapsed in on itself and all of these very fragile gemstones containing fragments of audio were smashed and destroyed in the process. And when they were all smashed at once, they all released their sounds. So these hundreds of thousands, if not millions of small samples of audio were released at once in a sound that was literally heard around the world. For the people of Syrah, this was a defining event that made them, they felt betrayed by the land itself and decided to move up and form the untethered cities, deciding they would much rather float above the land than be so betrayed by it. For many civilizations, like there are myths and legends around what caused this thing. But for most learned people, they were like, oh, it was a really bad earthquake. It was like a freak earthquake on the top of this mountain. It was very strange, but, you know, mountains are formed in fault lines like that was what happened. Of the natural disasters, of the major cataclysms or disasters that have happened to this world, there are the three desecrations of the Titans and a close fourth is the cacophony. Niren attempted to remove something from this village. He attempted to remove someone who had become indoctrinated into this village. Your plane saw the effects of that with the cacophony. Oh, shit. Yaksha takes out a toilet assembly pamphlet about the cacophony and gives it to Siani and says... <laughs> <laughs> Read up, mate. <laughs> I immediately start just like writing notes in it and start uh, start studying. <laughs> oh man, um, can we leave? You may still have time, and only cause a small amount of destruction. However, I cannot allow you to leave with Mirren. Mm. His hubris, his experimentation, could at best be described as naive, if not willfully ignorant of the realities. And who are you that is so much smarter than Mirren? I am number two. And where did you come from, number two? I am a servant of number one. And where is number one? Number one is very busy. Doing what? Maintaining the balance of magic for the material plane. You would agree that this is a important occupation, no? Sure, but like, I don't know, so is every occupation. They have attempted to alleviate some of their responsibilities by giving me custody of this village. 
So is number one not in village? Uh, go ahead and roll an insight check. Burp. Four. You see a flash of something on number two's face, but you're not sure uh, what it was. I am here to insulate number one so that they cannot be betrayed as they were before. Was it number one that Mirin tried to remove? You would be foolish to attempt anything similar. Well, we don't even know where number one is. No one will tell us. So, you know, how are we supposed to remove? Natasha sort of mutters this under her breath, but definitely <laughs> loud enough that Don Taraxa can actually hear that she's like, Jesus. <laughs> can we talk? Can you, can, what, can we talk to Mirren? We don't want to take him away from here, but can we talk to him? Could you take us to talk to him? Go ahead and roll a persuasion check. Um, I'm going to say DC is going to be a hard 20. Okay. Oof. That is a 23, baby. Yay! Oh! <laughs> uh, number two looks at you. You see him kind of takes a good 20 seconds to think about this. I am amenable to this. You have proven yourselves to be honorable. However, Mirren is a dangerous man. He is a man who can infect not with poison or not with promises, but with logic. Do not mistake me. Logic can be just as infecting as dread if used for the wrong purposes. I will allow you to speak with Mirren. However, if I sense anything untowards, if I see that you are attempting any of his folly, or maybe attempting your own, I will be sure to remove any doubt of who is in charge of this village. Number one. You see him kind of swallow a little bit. Are we in agreement? I'm game. Uh, yes. <sighs> um, Yaksha, go ahead and roll me a... Go ahead and roll me an insight check. Okay, Brian. <laughs> Damn, 26. As number two is saying this, a part of your mind flips back to the the notebook on the containment orbs that you've been reading of Mirren's. You're very aware of how they work in a conceptual sense. Mm -hmm. The minutia, the, the, the ability to like capture a soul in one of these things was what it was designed for was meant to be easy. Like once a soul kind of left a body, it would just suck it up. Essentially, it was, you know, almost a pokeball type action. It was not designed to have a soul removed from it. In fact, it was very much designed so that it would not be able to remove a soul. You are fairly confident that without the designer, without the weaponsmith to the gods, the orb that is currently in your pocket will remain sealed forever we got a prison break this guy fuck as this uh thought flashes you see uh don Trax kind of reaches out a a hand to natasha and goes are we in agreement here 
can we can we take a a, a a time out just to discuss this as a group? You know, a little sidebar, perhaps. Feel free. Don, we will just step outside of building to discuss quickly. You see his eyes kind of flick over to one of the screens, and you see just like a bunch of screens all like flick to the outside of the building. <laughs> of course, you may speak in privacy. <laughs> <laughs> really I just didn't want to get trapped in this room somehow if like he left it but left us in there and we got stuck in there <laughs> so I think we do we do a sort of walk and talk you know this is phrase this is thing it's so she works yeah walk what are you Erin Sorkin we do a little walk and talk <laughs> <laughs> this guy's accent goes all over the place I can't hold it for very long <laughs> So for the listeners, anytime you hear a weird, it just, it's, it's Don Trax. It's number two. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be the same guy. Oh all right. Yeah. Let's step outside for a second to, to talk about it. Let's step outside and like write our conversation down on, on like. Yeah. Like do high, it like talking it. behind your hands like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're all, you're all shielding your mouths. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you step outside, you, you find a place that is barely free of cameras. They're like, there's probably one off the distance that's like catching you from a distance, but. Mm-hmm. You think you're about as private as you can be. This is Mira needed requested rescue. Yes. This is what the letters were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you remember Mirin requested to be saved, said he was trapped in a prison of his own making, which now fully has meaning for you. You also are very aware of the last things in his letter. Mm. He gave you two words of advice. Number one, don't trust number two. Number two, find number one. We're doing everything by the book per this letter. I don't know if we can trust anyone, but it does seem it at least like, I think if we keep number two at arm's length, we are at least getting to where we're finding number one. No? Two things I keep thinking about. One is there is benefit from going to talk to Mirren. Mirren is stuck in prison he cannot escape from. We are a talented crew, but if he cannot escape, what if we cannot escape? And this, this brass ring that everyone keeps raving about, it feels important. And I do not want to forget. Oh, do you think he's going to trap us in the prison with Mir and the Maker? This is what I fear. Anyone who wants to can roll a insight check. Because you guys know kind of yeah. the makeup of the prison to kind of figure out a little bit of how it works. I'm rolling awful tonight. Nine. Oh, I rolled a nat 20. Woo, I'm not Woo. even going to roll. He got it. <laughs> uh, Yaksha, you're, you've had dealings with beholders before. You know how they work and you are acutely aware of how effective and how simple this prison is a beholder has 10 eye stalks which all have like a bunch of different things they can put you to sleep they can petrify you as natasha so vividly learned they can destroy you they can disintegrate you it also has one central eye a large eye in the center of its head that emits a aura of anti-magic it cancels out any kind of magic if you put a a person with arcane means, a wizard or a artificer or a cleric into a deep pit 
if you had a beholder's eye trained on them 24-7, they would no longer have any of their magical abilities. And a person like that who was not trained to be a fighter who was trained to use their magic would be rendered helpless. So this is this is just a a magical variant of the classic prison that is an oubliette. If you stick someone in a deep enough pit, they will be forgotten forever. With a mage, with a wizard, you just need one extra step. So you know this prison is only as strong as the warden that is keeping it. It's pretty strong, though. Yeah, terrifyingly so. Uh, I'll say with a nat 20, you, Yaksha, are aware of one advantage that you have because you understand the makeup of this prison. A beholder has a lot of things at its disposal. One of them is that cone of anti-magic, which it can focus on members of your party, like Sieni, who are primary casters who mostly use magic. If that eye is always fixed on one target, in this case, Mirren the Maker, it does not have access to that ability. So while this is a beholder, this is a beholder in a place that it's made its layer, one of its abilities is essentially being used to maintain this prison. Like if it looks away from Mirren to focus on Sieni, that Mirren will no longer be affected by the anti-magic and could potentially escape. That's a huge risk. One way or another, we got to get rid of the beholder, but we also have to find number one. If we go and talk to, to Mirren, do you think we can ask him where number one is or what number one is or how to find number one? Is that worth going with number two to have the conversation? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So nervous about like, it. It makes me very nervous, yeah, but like, I think we have to do it. I mean, I also right now, like table tech wise, we have the three of us, Gilly, Sven, and Gordon, the old number two, who's now part of our crew, and Boris. We got like a veritable army coming with us. <laughs> this is true. We've got, we've got some strength. Uh, I will say Sven and I Gordon. I said Baroche. Uh, Sven and Gordon only last <laughs> for an hour. Oh, boy. So I'll say they're still around, but they're skirting the end of that hour. Uh, oh, and boy. Baroche from your goes, I'm here whenever you need me. <laughs> Happy I'm to help further propagate the carrot army. I cannot wait to stab somebody through the eye with Baroche. Oh my god, I hope you kill uh, the beholder uh, with Baroche. Do you also <laughs> like that Clive Owen movie? <laughs> Have you seen that oh, movie? What was that movie? Uh, what? I don't oh, know. There, there's, this, there's a movie where Clive Owen is there's an assassin. There's that movie and he's... And he, he eats a yeah. bunch of carrots. It's, it's insane. He eats carrots all the time because it improves your eyesight. There's a scene where he kills someone with a carrot. What was that movie? It's oh, like, it's called it, Shoot'em Up. Shoot him up. That's right. It was like very. It was like, it was like the year three hundred came out when like it felt like Hollywood like found out about computer graphics. It was the <laughs> pulpiest <laughs> of pulp. To, wait. Yeah. But in a great way. What were we talking about? <laughs> um, as as you guys continue to discuss the advantages and disadvantages that you have, you know that you have most of your crew with you. You know that there is a tenuous truce with number two. 
you know there's a lot of things that you need to weigh. Mm-hmm. As you're discussing this, the front doors of Town Hall burst open and you see number 10 in her pencil skirt and her high heels clicking, running past you. Click, number two, number two, quick, number two. Number two from his office bursts open through these double doors. What is happening? They, they, so, something's still wrong. They're, they're, they're coming out, they're coming out. What, do, where? They're coming from the bottling factory. We, we need to get everybody, quick. Who in your crew do you have left? What? Is there someone else who is who is imbalanced in your crew? No one else in our crew has been having nightmares. Can everyone roll an insight check? God. Uh, Twenty seven. Oh, why 26. am I rolling? Oh, ten. Five. Twenty six. Yaksha. You know that there's no one else in your crew that is having nightmares. You also know <gasps> that you recently 22? read someone else has started to. 22. Oh! Oh, no. No, do we have to throw 22 under the bus? No. From the distance, you hear a terrifying... <laughs> If you say that is where we end tonight, I'm going to slap you in the face, Brian. And, and that's where we end tonight. Oh, what? you dirty dog. You. you told me today you were going to stop it at 90 minutes. God damn it. <laughs> we're not even at 90 minutes. Oh, we are, aren't we? Bye, man. Brian, it's not fair. That is not fair, dude. Brian, that's actually kind of fucked, man. Play nice. Actually, no, I'm actually gonna say it in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Brian, no, that's not cool. Y'all, sound off in the comments. What do you think? Not cool, man. <laughs> Is this fucked, or am I totally in the right here? You're wrong. <laughs> I want to know what the shrieking is. Tune in next time to find out exactly <laughs> what's going on here. Oh, I hate you so much. Bye-bye, everybody. Uh, Goodbye. I'm going to have nightmares Man, about that. It's HoneyCon 2022. You're about to undertake the greatest heist the world has ever seen. Two things you need to know. One, you have a complex plan that requires precise timing. Two, you are a goddamn bear. That's right, everyone. It's Honey Heist. Our first-time game master, Chinook Tessera, will be tackling the wild and wacky world of one-page RPGs. These simple games can be learned in under an hour. And to prove that, Chinook will be coming into this season totally blind. But on this show, we always set up our game masters for success. So he's going to be learning Honey Heist from the creator himself, Grant Howitt. And remember, if you're having fun, you're already doing it right. Right.